Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Change's Together for Change podcast, your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Sandy Finn. Good afternoon. This is Andy with Janesville Mobilizing for Change, and I am here with Father Earl today, and he does a lot of different work down in the Fourth Ward area. So, Father Earl, can you introduce yourself and kind of tell us something, what you're doing? And I came to Janesville and was assigned uh, as rector at All Saints Church, which is in the Fourth Ward. And after I got there and I wondered what type of neighbors we had, so I walked around and tried to introduce myself. And the interesting, I found repetitively, people would say, oh, you're gonna open the church again? How wonderful. Well, that meant we didn't have a real identity. So I tried to find out what type of neighbors do we have and what can we do to help them. Uh, the many parts of the fourth ward really are, uh, we have a population of underserved. They need things that they don't have. And so that was one of the things that we wanted to deal with is helping to provide for the physical needs of the families there. Our whole focus is on the family unit, helping them to develop skills um, so that they can be more self-reliant and be able to function within the economy and hopefully productively earn uh, a living through skills that they have learned. Now, our purpose isn't really to try to compete with all the wonderful programs that are around the Fourth Ward, but we want to facilitate getting the family involved as a family unit, however they define the family unit. Uh, And we want to serve primarily as the connection between the family and the services. A lot of people don't know what all the services are. They they don't always know uh, when the programs or events are available. So we want to help facilitate that and make the connection to the programs easier. Now, we also do programs uh, at uh, the Janesville Community Center. One of the things that we want to eliminate is the fees, because sometimes uh, families are not in a position to pay the tuition fees or cost of programs uh, for their children. So none of, we don't charge for any of the programs that we have. Uh, So if if a child wants to be an artist, uh, we have the Academy Artisans. Uh, We have a real artist 
as the instructor because we want to teach we want to, the students to learn technique not not crafts there's a place for crafts and it's a wonderful uh, thing to be involved with but if you really want to to be an artist you need to learn uh, techniques colors uh, a lot of things that are essential to being a successful artist. Uh, so we bring in uh, a real artist to, do, to teach those things. That's just one example. Uh, in all candor, COVID really put a damper on our programs. And right, we closed all of our academy programs and we're now in the process of reestablishing them and getting them functioning. Um, awesome. That is that is all really great information. A lot of different stuff going on yeah, down there. Correct. So how long have you been in Janesville? Oh, let's see. Um, about 17, 18 years. And how long have you been doing work in the fourth ward specifically? Well, it was um, in May. It was uh, five years that I've been a, uh, the rector at All Saints, so and that's what uh, really brought the the need to my attention. Uh, so it's this would be the sixth year I've had five years. So now I'm in the sixth year uh, of working. And we started uh, shortly after I uh, became rector and recognized the need and the, and the nature of, our, of the Fourth Ward uh, community. Great. So you've been around for a little bit then. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And then... How did you get involved in coalition work? So obviously you're here with Janesville Mobilizing for Change. We are a substance abuse prevention agency um, and under drug-free communities grant and coalition. So I know you've made other contacts with other coalitions as well. So how did you kind of tap into those groups? It was sort of an unusual uh, introduction to the concept um, some of you may know Sister Connie. She was she's a retired nun, and she was very active in social work. Um, and I met her, and uh, she's now re really retired and lives in Madison. But one of the programs that she introduced me to was was Leaven. Uh, which is up in the Fox Valley area. Uh, their, their situation is very unique uh, because they have a lot of different agencies within under one building. It's on the bus route. They have United Way is right there. Um, then in, in there they have... Uh, postnatal care, they have um, mental health care. Uh, it's a place where you can apply for food stamps, uh, just really a host of things. 
and they're all in one place. And then when you, when you go in, you're assigned a caseworker, and that caseworker guides you through all of the programs. It isn't that you have one caseworker for mental health, one caseworker for this or that or whatever. So the value of that is the caseworker really gets to know you can be, and can be very specific in meeting the needs that you have. And while they do the assessment, if it's determined that you need food or clothing, there's another third building out back, half of which is food, half of which is clothing. And those, the food and clothing is free. Uh, well, they don't really charge for the other, any of the other services. But um, that's a real example of working together, forming uh, a very extensive coalition uh, and truly uh, offering families uh, programs and, and really addressing the, the essential needs of families. And that was an inspiration for us. Uh, we really feel that uh, stronger families will make stronger neighborhoods. Stronger neighborhoods will enhance the community. And it's, it's thinking in terms of community, I think is very important. Um, you know, we don't wanna isolate or pigeonhole people and say, okay, this is, this is what we're gonna do for this person and, and turn them loose and uh, thank you and goodbye. And the reason that, that the work that you do, um, working with substance abuse and uh, per particularly preventive uh, measures, um, you know, that there's the saying, uh, um, a penny's worth of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I think in your case, a penny's worth of prevention is like 10 pounds of cure. <laughs> Nipping the, the problem before it really happens or abating it if it's uh, just um, starting. Because substance abuse doesn't affect just one person. Um, the effects of, of a person uh, affects the family, relatives, friends, or whatever. Uh, and sometimes we lose sight of that. We think, well, that's just, that's Joe, he's got a problem. Uh, so when we focus on Joe and help him, okay, but Joe has maybe married, he may, uh, Hopefully he's working, hopefully he has friends. And substance abuse, uh, you know, isn't just uh, a simple thing. It's a growing thing. The more a person is involved in drugs, the more drugs they need. They experiment with a variety of, of drugs, and then they 
somehow they've got to pay for those drugs uh, so that it affects their behavior um, and it it creates a very uncomfortable uh, uh, circumstance for the family and I'm being a little bit diplomatic there it's really a, a serious impact that they have on uh, family life and their own life and because they're they become dysfunctional and so there was definitely a connection there between your goal to strengthen families, which would strengthen your communities and neighborhoods, um, and substance misuse in those families Correct. and communities. Right. So um, obviously we've done quite a bit of work together, and we try to collaborate on several different things. Are there any, um, I know you spoke earlier a little bit about your goals to reestablish programs um, that since COVID, you haven't had the um, programming that you had prior. But I do know that you guys have been doing some stuff. I believe you had an archery. Yes, right. Now we had you. <laughs> Uh, for identity's sake, we, all of our programs for youth are, are, are under the uh, auspice of academy. So we have, when we do something like the archery, that was academy archer, archers. Um, one of the re reasons we do that is so families, parents, and so forth will will be able to identify, oh, this is a safe drug fee program. Uh, this is, this, you know, we, we'd love to send our child to uh, an archery class, but we can't afford it. So here again, we make this available. Um, and we had a very successful, we actually, um, they have a morning class and an afternoon class, and it runs uh, for the whole month. Uh, so we actually booked the whole morning session. So all of the kids in the morning session on Saturday were academy archers. So, Oh, so you were able to offer that to youth that hadn't even signed up for your program. Is that what I'm... Well, we, through your program? Yeah, we... Um, we solicited uh, app, through app, an application the, uh, for whoever was interested, and it was really sort of, we had 16 kids, that's the maximum that they can handle. Um, and we, so we solicited, and it was sort of the first 16, you know, first come, first served. So that was awesome. real successful. So you were able to fill it up. Oh, yeah, very much so. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Um, oh, we also uh, gave out um, boxes of food. Um, let's see, that was for, uh, um, I believe it was for Easter. Yeah, it was for Easter. And when we do that, you know, so often... A distribution is like canned goods, which is, is important. They're good. They have good shelf life. So that helps families be able to have something, uh, you know, ahead of time. But we made this a special uh, meal with, we had 10 pounds of 
chicken in there. We had a bag of potatoes, a bag of carrots. We had a bag of apples. We had a dessert. Uh, I mean, it was really a, a, a complete meal for, for a family. And so that, again, is done um, through a drawing. Whoever wants to can enter it. And then we draw the names, and whoever we contact, whoever and say, "Oh, you're um, you're going to receive. You're one of the ones that that was chosen." So, and how many of those do you? Because you guys do that for other events such as around Mother's Day, Father's Day, I believe, week. Christmas, Correct. Thanksgiving. Right. So. You guys really try to hit as many right. of those family-oriented holidays as possible. Um, how many of those food um, bags are you able to give away to the families? Okay, our goal is to do 50. Um, but this time, all this is donated. I mean, it's, um, our donation, through the donations we just had, we were able to do 30 boxes um, and so everything that we receive goes to help families uh, through programming the, um, the food that we distribute and so forth uh, so we're we're truly a volunteer pro grassroots program um, Although we may, have, we're at the point now where we may need to have like some part-time paid staff uh, for uh, we want to do um, a program, a reading program, and we hope to be able to initiate that in August um, and have it go at least until the school year starts or even beyond that. And the concept is there will be a, we'll have two tables. One table will have books where the child can pick out whatever they want. The other table will be uh, like stuffed toys, and that'll be your reading buddy. So when you, if you uh, choose a book, you can read it to your uh, buddy. And uh, then you can have a conversation with the buddy about what the book was about. Um, they have found uh, that play that includes reading, uh, conversation, and so forth is very beneficial to the child and it helps de develop their literacy skills uh, and who would think that play was important well it is we're finding that it's very important right so we are I know that you also have something that you do in the summer for your neighborhood and families that you are currently probably have a team of people that have been working right. on so right. do you want to share a little bit oh, about yeah. those efforts yeah um, the biggest thing that we do, and we try to do it in August, um, is a, a corn roast. 
in the Fourth Ward Park. Um, this will be the second annual um, corn roast. And we have, um, last year we had actually, now this is fresh corn uh, right from the, the garden. We had uh, bags of eight ears of corn and we had, oh goodness, I think like 80 bags. Uh, we had fresh corn, roasted corn. That the roaster was actually there and they were roasting it. Uh, so you, when, it, when it was cooked, uh, you could grab uh, an ear of corn and have fresh corn. There was also hot dogs, uh, chips, um, ice cream. Uh, so it was real fun. And then there were some activities. We, have, we had some of our coalition available right there. And we had games where, is, interestingly enough, every child was a winner. <laughs> Isn't that how we usually try to set that up? up right. <laughs> And so there was music. Um, it was a real fun party. Uh, and we gave out all the bags of corn. Um, and so. I think I may have been a recipient of one of those, those bags, bags of and, corn, and it was pretty good from what I recall. Yes. <laughs> I do look forward to that right. every year the roasted corn. Um, I also note you guys. Um, as you talk about families and neighborhoods, and you spoke earlier about the importance of helping families become self-dependent um, and learn skills, like you're right. not just there to give food away, you're right. not just there to offer free classes or courses for um, children, but you really have talked a lot um, here you've mentioned it, and I think you've talked a lot about it in general in the community that what you would really like to see is for these families to become more confident and more skillful and be able to be able to really be able to go out into the world in our community specifically right. and enhance skills in order to build up families. So I know that in the summer you guys do your garden. Right. Um, and you invite your neighborhood neighbors in the fourth ward um, to participate in that garden and to reap the benefits right. from there. Yes. It's not your typical community garden where you would go and say, hey, I, I need a, a four by six garden. And okay, so they would delineate okay, here's your section, and everything or anything that you grow in that area is yours, and uh, you take it home and so forth. Ours is intended, and this is what we're working on, it to be a teaching garden. Hey, you've never grown anything, you're not sure if you could do it, well, you we are going to offer classes like um, some people don't realize that you can grow a tomato in a five gallon bucket. Uh, and the nice thing is if 
if you're, uh, depending on the size of your yard, you may have limited space, uh, but a five-gallon bucket uh, doesn't take up much much space. Um, another thing that's that's easy to grow and it can be grown in a five-gallon bucket is squash, like a zucchini squash. There's so many things that you can do with a zucchini. Um, the other thing about a zucchini is that you'll be able to share <laughs> your <laughs> harvest. Uh, they're very prolific. Um, but you can, you know, you can cook with it. You can make zucchini bread. And when you make the zucchini bread, be sure and let me know. <laughs> that sounds one of my favorite things. Um, but helping people become more self-reliant, if they can grow some of their produce, um, if you ever grow a tomato even in a five-gallon bucket, and when it's ripe, you pick it and go in and eat it immediately. Boy, there is nothing like a fresh tomato. You probably won't go back to the grocer. <laughs> we dread it every winter. We dread when yes. harvest seasons are over in Wisconsin. Right. <laughs> We're all headed back to the store and knowing our, our vegetation is not going to be quite as flavorful, flavorful anyway. as it was through the summer. We do hope, um, I'm not sure if we'll be able to do it this year or not, but uh, we want to have uh, classes about um, how to store, how to can, how to preserve, uh, how to uh, whatever. Um, this will f help you um, with, with how to deal and preserve uh, what you've raised in, in your own garden. Um, now, one of the thoughts, I mean, this is way down the road, but one of the thoughts that we have as the, we call it the Garden of Eden. Um, <laughs> Good as, play on words there. <laughs> yeah, so as it grows, we hope one day uh, that we'll be able to have a, a hydroponic or aquaponic garden. Um, this will be indoors. You can raise produce year-round. But it's also uh, a way that people in the neighborhood, because it, the Fourth Ward is a food desert, be one way that people can work have an income, have produce available to sell uh, to the neighbors. Um, so you could live in the fourth ward, work in the fourth ward, and buy some of your produce in the fourth ward. Um, now, like I say, that'll be down the road. But when we start to think about the needs of people, what, you know, there is benefit to giving them free food. There is benefit to giving them free clothing. Um, but those are Band-Aids. You know, what, what if you don't have canned goods that month? What if you can't do it? But giving them skills 
that are that can be marketable. One of the things, another thing we're hoping to do is have classes uh, where participants learn to sew. Now, if the only thing they do is make their clothing for their own family, mend their own clothing or so forth, great. We've accomplished something. But if you have that type of skill uh, of doing sewing and so forth, because a lot of a lot of family, nobody wants to sew, nobody wants to mend. It's so much easier to throw away and go buy new. But you, if you had somebody in the neighborhood that could do it for you, then you could just uh, take it, have it mended, and the person that's doing it has, from their mar uh, marketable skills, can be earning an income without having to leave their own home. Now, if you've got a couple of kids, uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to have childcare. They could be in the home. So that, I mean, you're eliminating the cost of childcare. You're creating an income through a marketable skill. You know, now you've really done something for the family. Um, so now we've set them up for success in a right, way. Right, right. So, well, those are all really amazing things that you guys are aiming to do, and we are definitely here for it to support you. Is there a place before we tie things up here where people can... Um, donate or reach out to the Academy programs after hearing all the information that you've shared with us today? Well, uh, one can um, you know, just simply send a donation uh, to us in the mail. Um, I'm really, really low tech. I, you know that I have a flip phone even. Uh, <laughs> The Smithsonian. I think my dad just moved out of a flip phone, so don't feel too bad. <laughs> well, all I need is to be able to call people and have people call me. I had all these bells and whistles are uh, to me just a distraction. But anyhow, a direct uh, contact through the mail is one way. Um, quite certain, I haven't checked it in a while, but I'm quite certain that we have a, a way to make a, a donation through Facebook, um, and it was on our web page, although we've recently re tried to re uh, redo our web page, and whether that feature got added or not, I'm not sure, but those all right so they do have a facebook page it is the academy of performing arts and after school programs is the, that where they would go that that's one that's our youth programs but our primary one is uh on facebook is the janesville community center okay or you guys can get on facebook at the janesville community center and contact them that way to right. make a donation so right. We want to thank you for being here with us and oh, sharing all 
the wonderful information about what's going on in the fourth ward and your goals and what you guys are offering. We hope that people reach out and donate <laughs> and we will um, talk to you again soon. So oh, thank I you for so. joining us. Well, thank you for the invitation and you are a great person and organization to work with. Oh, thank you. So you guys, we will see you with our next podcast. Have a great night.